You know it's a little unnerving every time I come up here, people leave. <laughs> Can you drop my volume just a little bit, please? Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's occurred to me, and just, just something I, I just noticed in particular this morning, that it seems like every week, excited, a little more moved, a little more, I mean, you're already happy to be here, but like, I can feel it. I think that's amazing. You know, it's not like other, other churches where we've seen people that will go, and they're like, oh, I'm checking off a box, I'm just, how long, I gotta get out of here, you know? Uh, I mean, I know you get that way around the message part, but, <laughs> but, that is the way it's supposed to be. Amen. That's the way it was originally set up. We have a habit of thinking we can do things better than Christ. You've heard me say that ad nauseum, right? We think we can do things better than God. God says, I set it up this way, and we say, eh, we can improve on that, right? And it never works out right. But here's the thing. A lot of pastors like order. They don't want no chaos, no surprises. But you may have noticed, I don't go to a whole lot of trouble to make sure this works just perfect, to make sure that we don't have errors. I mean, one of us is usually up fixing something or, or going and correcting something. Sometimes the clicker doesn't work. And we just move on. Why? Because that's not important. That's a crutch. That's a, that's a tool. But we're here for each other. And when Christ set this up, he told us specifically how a worship service, worship service, a worship service should go. See what I mean? I don't worry about me. <laughs> um, speaking in tongues up here. We are told specifically how to give praise and glory to God. And it's not just about giving praise and glory to God. He speaks repeatedly himself, through Paul, through Peter, through Timothy, about edifying each other. Why? Because Christ is right here. When we edify each other, we are giving glory to God. So it's been on my heart, and actually it's been something of a, of a thing on my heart since I first got into ministry. Some of you may have heard me say, you know, we need to take the church back to first century because that's the way Christ set it up. And we thought we could improve on it. But I'm not here, my job's not here to entertain, right? There's specific roles for the, for the minister. And your job isn't here to be passive observers. It's not supposed to be a spectator sport. I'm going to prove that to you, of course. Um, but what, what I really want to see, and it's not because I want to see it, it's because God wants to see it. He wants to see the fire. He wants to see the little flames above everybody's head as the Spirit is moving within you. He wants to see people willing to speak out, shout out, whatever, express their joy without fear of, of what anybody else thinks. You know why? Because we're all part of the same body and we're all family. And we all know I can't sing. And that's okay. Because I'm going to do it anyway. Right? 
told John earlier, I'm going to find the music to Does Your Chewing Gum Lose Its Flavor? And I'm going to come up here and sing that song. My mom would tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> well, which version? There's like a hundred. You know, the original was Does Your Spearmint Lose Its Flavor? Oh. And that one's completely different. But anyway. So, let's start with Hebrews 10. I guess I should be specific. Hebrews 10, 24. We're going to start there. Now, at the Christian school, when we're doing, when we're doing chapel, I'll go, okay, thumbs up when you found it. But, um, but let's, now I'm reading from the NSB. Some of you are going to be reading from different versions, and that's good because all of it is valid. How did I manage to mark every single verse but that? Oh, that's all right. I got it right here. Um, Hebrews 10, 24. And let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together, as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, there's a lot in that one little phrase. First, it talks about edification of one another, right, like we talked about. The word encourage, proxusmos, it actually means to stir up, excite, insight, provoke. You know what else it means? Irritate. <laughs> Just like the English language, a lot of those words have multiple meanings. But I don't think it's a hidden, or I don't think it's a secret that God uses specific words, right? If we have to, we can irritate each other to get in here and start. Right? My singing, for example, will irritate you, but I'm going to do it. So we should be <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so we should encourage one another, not abandoning our own meeting together. We are admonished to gather. God doesn't say, sit on the sidelines, go home and read the Bible. That's not the point. That's a spectator sport. That's a typical church service where I come in and do all the talking and you sit there and listen. We got to get away from that. Because that's not the way it's supposed to be. And here's why. After a while, what I say to you may build you up, but after about an hour, it's kind of smoothed over, right? But people learn and retain by doing, by action. All of us do better when we're involved, right? And so I'd love to hear more amens. I'd love to hear more people giving their, you know, hey, I got a comment about that. We're going to get to a part here where I can explain kind of more how that's supposed to work. But in the first church that Christ set up, it wasn't one guy sitting up here going, Dominus, Omnus, Possum, Pox, Probiscus, Post Neperundum, Does your chewing gum lose its flavor? Nothing like that, right? <laughs> and everybody else going, Amen. Um, no. Even Christ himself took part in the synagogue. And what did they do? They handed him the book. And he read. Everybody reads from Scripture. And it's not about me coming up here and just giving you a message. Hey, here's how you're going to go ahead and t uh, justify cheating on your taxes this year and do it with the Lord's blessing. No, we don't do that. It's, it's about reading Scripture and edifying each other and what Christ did and what God did from the beginning to save us. So as is the habit, 
It's interesting that as is the habit means by custom or by law. You know, in the, in the early, before, outside of the church, before the church, worship was regulated by law. Pagan worship was regulated by law. There were set things that had to be done. Are we like that now? We'd say no, but do you see a lot of difference in the churches when you go to different services? You go in, there's usually a band playing. You go in and after a while, there'll be somebody greet you at the door, and then in a lot of them, I'm sorry, they'll forget who you are, but <laughs> you go and then you sit down, and then the preacher comes up, says greet each other and then everybody turns around shakes somebody's hand turns around sits back down and then the message comes and in a lot of churches alas you get 15 minutes of message and 20 minutes of how much we money we need your money right um there is a set what i'm saying is there is a set method or script that is used and it was not supposed to be that way there's supposed to be room for spontaneity There's no law related to this. So now we're going to go 1 Corinthians, and we're going to kind of we're going to kind of sit there. So turn to 1 Corinthians 2. And I need a volunteer. And if I don't get a volunteer, I'll have a voluntold. Um to start with verse 6, and let's just read. Somebody give me verse 6 through 9. All right, Colin, let's go. Do we do, however, speak a message of wisdom amongst the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rule of this age who are coming to nothing? No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that Thank you. Now it says we do speak, right? It doesn't say we don't speak. We do speak. We do speak of wisdom. And the word used for wisdom is, is, is supreme intelligence. This is what is so ironic today is that people think we are so smart. We are so wise. Even people in the church now, where they're starting to twist the message a little bit, they think, well, our wisdom tells us that, you know, we've got to look at the sign of the times and change things a little bit and tweak things here, be more inclusive of this or that. And you've heard the term, God will confound the wise with the foolish. And what he's using is a play on words because the wisdom of God is the supreme intelligence. And what he's saying is, to the people who think they're wise, that's foolish. But we speak that supreme intelligence. 
among those who are mature. Teleos, we talked about that before. Teleos, mature. In other words, perfect. Mature in, in faith. Not of this age, but of God. See, the wisdom of the age is the problem we see today when we turn on the news. But because of what Christ did, we gather and we speak, because we're still talking about it, right? I mean, we, we haven't forgotten him. We're still talking about him and what he did. But this was preordained by God way back in Genesis, the coming of the Messiah, the Meshach Nagid, and what he would do for us. And that is the supreme intelligence that we turn around and preach to other people. Now, if we go a little further down, four to, starting at 10, for to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. The Spirit is where? Should be within us, right? That's where we're looking for that little flame. Your bodies are temples. We remember that today. We forget that when we go to Krispy Kreme. I'm part of it too. Caden's cookies, there's about a dozen right in here, right now. Okay? But we gotta remember, our bodies are temples to the spirit. The spirit is not a thing, it's a person. A person of the Godhead, it's a he. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, that'd be the enemy, right? And the, and the general mentality, that wisdom that is actually foolishness. But the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. See, the people in the world that we beat our heads against and say, why can't they understand this? They can't. Because they can't get out of the wisdom of the world. They can't get into the spirit of God. Only through the Spirit do we get to be able to know the truth. But as a natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, like I just said, for they are foolishness to him. Our wisdom is foolishness to them. And because of that, he cannot understand them. Because they are not, because they're spiritually discerned. But the one who is spiritual discerns all things. Yet he himself is discerned by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You know my favorite book? One of my favorite books of the Bible? Who's got a favorite book? What is it? Ephesians. Ephesians. Isaiah. Isaiah. Romans. Romans. Psalms. You can get everything in Psalms, can't you? You can get happy, you can get sad, you can get angry, you can get vengeful. What uh, what others are out there that are favorite? Proverbs. What is it? Philippians. Philippians. Why? What do you like about it? Great authority. Okay, and what's your favorite about the Psalms? Just the poetry? Yeah, praises. Praises. So you like the Psalms with praises? Yeah. Okay, and you were saying? Proverbs. Proverbs. A lot of wisdom. A lot of wisdom. 
One of my favorite books is Acts. I love, and, and they call it the Acts of the Apostles. What it really should be is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit coming onto the apostles and then sending them forth and acting throughout the book. And one of my favorite things about Acts is Peter. And this is a sideline. But um, you know how uh, he, denied his, he denied our Lord thrice. And then he was, you're really broken up when you heard the cock crow. And, uh, but, but Christ had already warned him that he would do that. And that he would be praying for him to come through the trial. He didn't say, I'm going to fix this for you. He said, I'm going to let you go ahead and, and fail. And I'm going to pray to the Father that he will be brought through this crucible. And we see that in Acts. Because here's the man who denied Christ at the arrest and, and at, at the you know at the trial and everything else to just nobody. He was denying them to just the general person on the street. And now in Acts, he wastes no time in telling everybody else what they did to his Lord. That Christ whom you crucified is constantly telling that every every phrase, it seems like every interaction he has with somebody in that's in there somewhere. You know, whom you crucified. And, and he's convicting people all the time, including at Pentecost. Can somebody read for me Acts 2, 41 through 47? Go ahead, Stacy. <laughs> well, yours was the only hand up. You should look behind you. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted them to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with the awe of the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of the people and the Lord added to their number daily those were being who were being saved. You know what brings people through those doors? You. You bring people through those doors. Your light, your pure enjoyment of just being here. That's infectious. Everybody else wants to enjoy that too, right? They want to see what's going on. So everybody was baptized. This We're talking about a worship service so the, with 3,000 people. So see, megachurches can't work. Um, and, and all the believers were together and they all had things in common. That doesn't mean that everybody was the same or that everybody sinned the same. That does not condone us only wanting to hang out with people that sin like us. What they're saying is they all had things in common. They all lived in the same community, right? They all believe in Christ. They all follow, follow the, the didache, 
which is the Greek word for the teaching of the apostles, which, by the way, is that you can read that book. That is still in, that, that has still been found and translated, the teaching of the apostles, the one that they used when they went out, the didache. That's the word for the teaching of the apostles. Continuing with one mind, and the word used for that really means one passion. It's a passion. This should be a passion for you. If you don't feel passionate about the Lord and a passionate about gathering here, then you've got to pray for that Holy Spirit to imbue you. There's something blocking your passion. But you should be passionate about being here. Why? Because you're not here for us. You're here for him. They were taking their meals together with gladness. And this gladness, this word for gladness, really means extreme exultation. They were excited just to gather together. I had a blast just sitting in there talking to people, eating, destroying the temple. I had, I had fun. Right? It, it was because, let's face it, what is my job? My job is to stand up here and talk, and you guys just listen. No. It should be an interaction. I'm on an elevated floor, but I'm no, I shouldn't be elevated. There's people out there that know this stuff way better than me. I'm just the one they gave the microphone to. Right? It makes it easier for the people in the back to see you, though. Well, yeah, yeah that's, that's, true, that's true. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> Acts 14. 26, from there they sailed to Antioch. This is, okay, let me go back. So that's how they worshiped from the beginning, okay? Together, with gladness. They were eating together. They were breaking bread. <coughs> they were taking communion together, and they were happy about it. It wasn't a ritual. It was something they got to do, not something they had to do, okay? So they were seeking the Spirit, seeking it always, and through the Spirit, they had wisdom, Perfect intelligence from God. Things that the Gentile, the general Gentile couldn't understand. And now, here's something that I really want to... Now this is... Who can tell me? Anybody. Any news on any ministry or any, anybody they've, they've ministered to? Good or bad? Has anybody had the opportunity to witness to somebody recently? Anybody? Who? A solar guy that came out. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> solar panels to us. Yeah? Yeah, we just, he just asked us if we were Christians and we told him we were. So you were able to share the, yeah. the belief? Okay. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Yeah? Oh, he was. Former firefighter. He can't just walk past that person. What, uh, what, what came of it? Uh, we were able to rouse him. Yeah. And uh, if anybody's ever had a story like that, do share. <laughs> With or without a flashlight. Go ahead, Nina. 
And that was a seed. Yeah. A seed. And there's, there's something else I want to point out about that. You know, we pray, but often I, when I pray, I add 
please show me opportunity. Please put me in the position to be able to minister to somebody or to be able to help somebody. And that is proof that those prayers work, that God will actually lead you to somebody who needs you. Will you recognize him? That's the thing. Will you recognize him? And if you know your scripture, like Nina knows backwards and forwards, if you know your scripture, you will know the spirit can actually just say, okay, this is the one you're going to use here. This is the one you're going to use there. And you don't have to know it backwards and forwards. But know your scripture. Know your message. Know the gospel. And know how to impart that, that wisdom and that good news. The, the Acts 14 talks about this. It says that during those meetings, they got together and reported. What does it say? Report all things that God has done with them and through them. This is, this is going to be a part of, of, of our ministry. We need to be able to give a report of how God is acting through us. Does, and, and it can be big, it can be small. Does anybody else have any idea of how God acted through them? Sometimes you don't recognize it. Does anybody else have anything to share that maybe God worked through them on something? Yes, ma'am. Um, so everybody knows I started a new job, and one of my coworkers was talking about how she was looking for a church that was small and everything. I'm like, oh, well, let's go in a church that's small. And, and so I think she might possibly come. Yeah. So that would be, I guess, that's a way to like bring Yeah, she's not here now, so you failed. But no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's good. That's good. Again, planted a seed. Yeah. What other seeds have been planted? Any? Yes, Vera. I went to the junk yesterday, and this young man was so helpful. And I gave him one of our tents. And I said, our church is just down the road from here. I don't know scripture well enough to say what I said. No, but you know who you, know who you serve. I had suggested someone this morning in, in our little Bible study about those cards you made up. They're um, a wonderful witness unto themselves. If you want yeah, to they have a little you are cordially invited on the back. And <laughs> they're available by yeah, the way. Yeah, I got a bunch of them. In fact, I'm going to have to order some more. Like, I didn't realize they'd go that fast. But. So this is part. Yes, Annette. How about we? Yeah. You're part of us guys. <laughs> but, but that's... Just because we wall you off. <laughs> I'm in the... I'm deep. But um, it, it was really neat. And that's not the only time I have. At my... Where I, I live, I live in Arby. And um, uh, they know you there, too. There was another lady came by, and she recognized me because she lives down just a couple of trailers down from me. Mm -hmm. Wanted to know about selling stuff and to get to get stuff out of her locker, and I said, um, "Yeah, I can help you and everything." And she, out of the blue, this had nothing to do with what we were saying. Oh yeah, you go to the church down there, the Derby Valley, yeah, Christian Church. That's it. And and it just, um, I think when you're willing, I, 
that I really like is this. So often the words we say are not as important as the lives we live. Amen. People Amen. know us by our works. They will. You're not saved by works, but people will know you by your works. I knew a lady who uh, had an opportunity to witness to somebody and she was scared to death because she says, I do not know how to speak to people. I don't know what words to use. Um, and she felt like through the whole conversation that she was just messing it up. She was muttering and confusing and, and mixing up the stories and she had a lot of hands. Oh wait, hang on just a second. You know, those kind of things. But that's not what the, the recipient heard. The recipient heard a well organized, nice, flowing witness to the gospel. The Spirit will work through you. Miracles do happen. Yes? Yeah, I got to share this. He doesn't really. My husband worked landscaping down Scott Village, really rich area, and most of it got, it was probably all of them were Hispanic, and most of them were Hispanic. Well, he was talking to them and sharing Christ with them. Oh, mucho Spanish, Michael, mucho Spanish. They heard him in Spanish. That's tongues, people. <laughs> they still work. These gifts of the Spirit, which is what we're about to talk about next. That was a perfect segue, Annette. Thank you. See, God doesn't know what he's doing. How Christ commands a worship service to be. 1 Corinthians 14. We'll start at 26. I'll give you exactly. Well, now we're going to start. So what is the outcome then, brothers and sisters? It's 1 Corinthians 14, 26. What is the outcome then, brothers and sisters, when you assemble... There's that word again, and it means for religious assembly. Okay? The word is actually um, uh, episynagogue. What does that sound like? Sounds like synagogue. That's because that's what it means. When you, when you gather, worshiping. When you assemble, each one has a song. Not just her, not just Vicki. Everybody has a song or a song. Everybody has a teaching. Everybody has a revelation. Everybody has a tongue. Everybody has an interpretation. This is talking about each one of us, not the pastor. It's talking about all of you. Everybody has something to contribute here. All things are to be done for edification. You're not supposed to beat each other up over the head with it. You're supposed to build each other up with it. You're not supposed to use it to sit and condemn and make people feel guilty. You're supposed to use it to build each other up here in this ministry. And if we do that, more people will come through the door. Why? Because they know Camp Verde Christian Church is where people feel good. It's where God works and the Spirit works and it brings people together and it makes them feel good. Knowing that the Lord is going to take care of them and use those people to do it. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it must be by two or at most three and each one in turn and one is to interpret. There has to be an interpreter. If there's no interpreter, don't speak in tongues. Right? What is tongues? Think Babel. Everybody confused the language. Everybody had different tongues. Think Pentecost. They were all speaking, and for some people, they thought, oh, they're drunk. No, nope, it's been the third hour. They're not drunk. They're just speaking different languages, and all those Gentiles there can understand them. There has to be somebody to be able to understand it. Right? It's not just goo gaga. It's actual languages. If you don't know the language, it does sound like Google Gaga, right? 
But if there is no interpreter, he is to keep silent in church and have him speak to himself and to God. Have two or three prophets speak and have the others pass judgment. But if a revelation is made to another who is seated, then the first one is to keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one. What is this about? Does this mean all of you are going to get up and start being prophets? No. What it's saying is everybody who has a message, take a turn. And only do two or three because, you know, we got other weeks that we can do this stuff too. And we got other days like Wednesdays and things like that that we can meet. Every gathering should be like this. When we meet on Wednesdays <coughs> with, the, with the people that are showing up on Wednesdays, are we sitting there just being dull and mulling things over? And No. We're enjoying one another's company. We're also edifying each other and we're, and we're glorifying God. Yeah, we come up with things, you know, oh, the church could use this, or hey, we could use that, or how can we help other people this way, or how can we outreach that way? Yes, we do that. But it's not, it's, it's, it's what that is, is what this is going to, it's got to be like. Audience participation. Everybody expressing their love. Because everybody has a song. Everybody has a witness. Everybody has a tongue. Everybody has a revelation. And I've just heard a few. That's what we need to get more into. And with your permission, well, I don't need it. I got God's permission. With your permission, though, that's what we're going to do. Because that glorifies God. And the more you do it, the more you enjoy it. Believe me, I hate speaking in front of people. But I'll stand up in front of a thousand people and talk. Why? Because I've done it so much, now I kind of enjoy it. I'm, I'm masochistic. Um, I, just, I just like to suffer. So, and tell bad jokes. Um, Christ's commandment. If you're wondering about this, we'll skip ahead to, to verse 37. If anyone thinks that he's a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize that the things which I write to you are the Lord's commandment. He says this is how it's supposed to be. We have been defying our Lord by not doing this. Will you go to hell for that? No. But when your Lord tells you to do something, do you really want to not do it? Right? Do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? In the spirit, yes. In the water, no. But he commands it be done. Do you really want to not do what he tells you to do? I want to do what he tells me to do. And then lastly, 1 Timothy 4 tells you my role. When he's talking to Timothy. Now, he's talking to Timothy who's young, and obviously I'm... Well, I don't know. I'm younger than a lot of you, but prescribe and teach these things. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather to speech, or rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. In other words, I don't have to be a perfect person, but I have to speak in love, in faith, and purity, and I have to show that I am an example of those who believe. Until I come, give your attention to the public reading, to exhortation and teaching. I'm supposed to have public reading. I'm supposed to get you guys involved. Why? Because that's how I'm supposed to edify you. That's my job. Which is not really a lot different than anybody else's, is it? Because we're all supposed to edify each other. So, anybody that's got a story they want to share... Not today, but going forward, because we're running out of time. Going forward, there's a microphone right there. We got microphones we can pass around. Or you can just shout it out. But 
everybody, I encourage you, everybody, follow God's commandment, follow Christ's commandment, and let's make these worship services something to enjoy, something to be a part of, and something to, to make each other laugh and build each other up. Not entertainment, but edification. Amen. Can we do that? Amen. I got one. Can we do that? Amen. All right. <laughs> By way of announcements, there ain't a lot. You've already heard them all. Bible study started this morning. We had how many? Nine, including one that's not there. Nine, and there's a couple more back there that are, that are going to be coming next week. And then um, we'd really like to see more. Uh, the uh, I, 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 can, I can promise that if you come to the Bible study, you will be enriched, enlightened. You will walk away rich. Um, there, you know, people will bow down to you, and you'll get new cars. It's <laughs> um, really something. Uh, there's a disclaimer that's it's just fine print. But anyway, also, I did put the book back there for signing in for the service. If you would not mind, please, if, if you have an updated phone or email that we don't have on the list, and you want us to have it, please write that on there too. Let us know that you're here. Um, we we we'd love to be able to. I'll, well, for one, recognize when new people are here, but for another, something happens to you, we want our outreach people to be able to come find you, make sure you're okay, see if you need anything. Guys, we take care of each other, and that's all it is. It's not getting in your business. It's, it's our love for each other and wanting to make sure everybody's okay, building each other up again. Annette already told you about the Women's Bible Study. You guys already know about Wednesday Fellowship. And we still are looking for people that are interested in helping reach out to people who are in mourning or, or, or in uh, dire straits, you know, traumatized, those kind of things. Uh, there's some training we can give you to help. And, and nothing will, you know, we're not going to send you out and go, okay, good luck. No, we're not going to do that. Um, but we want to be able to be available for each other if, if the worst happens. All right? Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for today. We, we thank you for this ability to gather together. I thank you for this awesome bunch of people, arguably the best Christians in the valley. And we just we ask, Father, that you keep everything new and exciting here at the ministry. Let's keep everybody interested and engaged and, and, and filled with the Holy Ghost and able to, to express your holiness and to be able to to build each other up and to edify each other. We thank you for the increased joy that we're seeing every week, the joy of knowing that we are gathered together in your name and giving praise and honor and glory to you. We see you working and moving in this ministry. And I got, I God, I just ask in Christ's name that you continue to reveal yourself to us, reveal yourself through your word, but reveal yourself through our, our own actions and through the, the guiding of the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we humbly pray. Amen. Thank you.